Hey guys, this is Father Brad, and I want to <coughs> clear my throat. Now, I want to make sure you know that, uh, so as I said last time, our last episode that was released, I'm just releasing Quizzical Papists twice a month, uh, the full trivia game. Um, in between, I'm doing something called Coffee Talk. This is the first installment. I have future Dr. Sarah Denny with us, and she's going to talk about bioethics and feminism. Take it away, future Father Brad and Sarah Denny. You're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. Okay, I'm going to sound check you, so uh, just... Yep, sip your coffee. Check. One, two, three. Okay, keep going. Check. One, two, three. Good morning, everyone. Hopefully you're listening in the morning. This is Coffee Talk with Father Brad and a special guest. Uh, today I have Mrs. Sarah Denny. Hi. Man, Sarah, me and Sarah go back a long way. We do. Um, we used to have a, a <laughs> radio show. Once upon a time, we had a radio show called Alive Again. Hugh Matt Marsh song as we say that. <laughs> I don't think we got the right licensing for anything we did. Actually, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. We used his song and we didn't pay him. Um, so here's a cool story. Um, I was supposed to get up this morning. Why don't you tell the story, Sarah? So last night um, I was with some of my friends and Father Brad and I discussed my starting CrossFit and I was very curious I love being active. And so I was like, I just want to check it out see what it's like. She's like, great. We're going to have a class at 6 a.m. And I said, awesome. Let's do this. And me being the sanguine, I was like, let, I'll wake up. I'll wake up. Let's, I'll wake up like, at everyone, 4. Everyone, 545. Let's go. And I'm like, great. So I pulled up at about 545, sent out the first message saying, hmm, Brad, where are you? <laughs> Didn't hear from him. Figured maybe he's just inside talking with people, which would be good for him to not have his phone on him. So I wandered into this CrossFit gym, which I've never done. They're as intimidating as they appear from the right. outside. <laughs> Picture CrossFit games. That's what was happening inside. And I walk in and everyone's looking at me and I'm looking at them and I'm like, mm, no one looks like Father Brad. <laughs> Are you saying I don't look jacked? <laughs> Jeez, come on. Man. He's well on his way. But long story short, um, Brad did not come within the next five minutes or 10 or 15 minutes. In fact, at about 6 a.m., he called me and said, I was resting with the Lord. Sarah, I'm so sorry. And, and his, the other guy that's supposed to be yeah, his show. Yeah, our other friend was supposed to show up. But his contrite heart it, you know, pushed me to mercy. And all is well, providence has it that instead we're doing coffee talk. Amen. We're actually drinking coffee. We um, are, literally. I'm drinking a little chicory coffee. Sarah's got something, 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 I think community. This is coffee talk because it's really the first one we're doing. It's kind of the in-between, um, the quizzical papists every week. Every other week we do the quizzical papists, a longer trivia show. And in between we do either homilies or coffee talk. And I have a video series called Coffee Talk. But uh, what I want to do is take those topics and discuss them in a more conversational style. Now, uh, Sarah, tell us who you are and like what authority you have to talk about anything legit. <laughs> so I come from Metairie, Louisiana, and I was blessed to study for my master's in theology at Notre Dame Seminary um, in graduate school. That's how I got closer with Father Brad. And I am currently working on my PhD in bioethics with a focus on women's health. And I also work at this time as one of the campus ministers at Christ the King Church in Paris on LSU's campus. 
Yeah, she's super clued in. Um, aren't you studying for that degree and it's through Rome, right? Yeah, so my university is the Pontifical University. Um, it's one of, you know, there's a few Pontifical Universities, but this particular one is Regina Apostolorum, so it's the Legionary University. And their stick, they each seem to have their sticks, but theirs is bioethics. Yeah, and, and so... Um, what is bioethics really quick? So bioethics is an easier way to explain is medical ethics, but it's an integration of theology, philosophy, biology, and law. Now there are different strands of it you can encounter within the States and abroad, but the particular perspective from which I'm studying, which I intended to study from this one, because I think it's the best option is um, a Catholic perspective. Uh, not that you can't talk about it from a philosophical or like reasoned um, space, but because in my view, the Catholic anthropology, so the Catholic philosophy of the human person is the most robust and full understanding. So basically, practically speaking in the OR, in different sort of situations where people have to make decisions related to medicine fast. Um, it's good to talk about these things first, but you're always answering questions based on the dignity of the human person. So can I do this option that I have in healthcare, well, the answer yes or no should not be based on, you know, efficiency or expediency or, you or know, the numbers that we have. ability. Like. Right. Just because I can't, and this is where Jurassic Park is like an easiest thing for like, you know, anyone to look at. I'm like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. You spent so much time wondering whether you could, you never stopped to ask yourself whether you should. Dun, dun, dun. It's true. So <laughs> in short, that's what bioethics is, but it's, it's a fascinating field. For me, it's the integration of my loves. I'm obsessed with the love medicine and the human body. I think it's incredible and intricacies that the Lord created it in. But then also I'm very um, thankful for the gift of just theology and the human person, like that perspective of the spirituality side of it, but mainly also just the philosophy, the philosophy of the human person as the church has taught it changed my life drastically. And that was from me being a freshman in college, taking a very interesting introduction to women's studies class and having to ask the question of what the heck does it mean to be a woman? Because on the first day of class, we had to go around the room. We had to say our name, our biological sex, and our gender. And this was spring of 2008. So that conversation, yeah, wasn't one. Well, actually, I'd never heard that question posed to me. So here I am with 30 people I've never met in my life. And I'm like... Were there people saying variant? Mm -hmm. And so I looked around. I'm like, my name is Sarah. I am female and I am a woman. My name is Sarah. <laughs> I am a female and I'm a female. Oh, so check me. Yeah. <laughs> but truly that class hands down, perhaps the most important class I've ever taken because I had to learn a, how to listen. There's a reason why everyone thinks what they think. They don't just come up with this stuff because they want to fight with you. Right. Um, usually from a space maybe of woundedness or just they haven't been given. It's a blessing that I've been given the things that I've been given in terms of knowledge. Like, I grew up Catholic. That wasn't something I earned or like figured out like, thank you, Lord. That's the gift that I've been given. And I want to respond to that gift. But in this particular class, I realized, man, like everyone is disagreeing on this topic and we're not getting to a place of peace because if truth is relative, then whatever I say, you say, the next person says, and my truth quote is my own. And so I had to question like, well, what does it mean to be a woman? And it's really simplistic, but I chalk it up to the Holy Spirit. I was like, well, Lord, you have to give me that answer. And I originally changed my major to be a women's studies major because I wanted to change the program from the inside out. And then I was like, Haha, I don't even know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> perhaps I should learn more. I have been exposed to JP2's writings on women. And that's where I realized like, oh, the body has something to say to me about even my interior. Like if we are truly body and soul, 
than how we are made biologically and genetically. It's all very important, but I need to look at that and, and that the body can help inform my life and my reality as a woman in a way that it's not like a lack of equality, right? Equality does not mean sameness, but that I can delight and actually be thankful for the way that I can look at a man and say in a very clear way, your body is different than mine. Not that you're better or worse or I'm better or worse, but that together, those differences and that potential, if we're open to a complementarity, say something. Yeah. If you destroy the particular particular particularity of femininity, then what kind of feminism is that, right? Um, right. If, if there's no difference, then there's nothing we particular. The, yeah. Like truly, I think the most beautiful aspect of femininity in a lot of ways when we try, in a lot of ways with different strains of feminism are trying to do is to stamp out the differences, but then we're losing the essence of what it means to be woman. Like that to me is it's sad. Like it's just, I'm like, there's all these women that don't even realize that there's a fuller vision because maybe they've never been told or because they've been so hurt by men that in their hurt and I get it and their hurt and their frustration, they're pushing it aside because they would just rather like, no, you need to look at me and respect me. And I get that. And a man should, but not in a way that respect takes away from how you were created in and through your body and your soul. Yeah. You know, I want to make the analogy here because I feel like um, a feminism or a study of women, an understanding of women, that's just it's modus operandi is an opposition to men Mm -hmm. actually is a sexist against women. Well, yeah. And so then clericalism meaning, right, that we want to take the laity and make them like their form of holiness has to look like what a priest or religious would look like, which is wrong right and and that's not free it's actually clericalism it's destroying the particular nature of the lady and the gift that only they can bring to the church in the same way making women women or trying to make women just like men actually destroys the particular nature of woman and it denies that particular genius what you would say the feminine genius the feminine genius and people often i mean a lot of heads turn it's really funny i've had people introduce me they're like this is sardini she's a feminist and like let's see what happens when they say that and but it's true i am a feminist but i consider myself a feminism a feminist in line with an authentic feminism what i mean by that is one which is in line with the dignity of the fullness of what it means to be woman so it's not this battle against man it's not a battle of the sexes Um, And I'm as competitive as they come. And this, of course, doesn't mean like I'm so thankful. A lot of the things, even in the original strands of feminism, I agree with like to fight for justice and to fight for in in even a legal system for there to be recognition. That's important. Absolutely. But it's it's more so in the more recent strands and in the sexual revolution. Right. Um, Like, what are the fruits of that? What are the fruits of what we think is is freedom, freedom to do what I want to do no matter what? Or is that license? And then if freedom is that sometimes it involves a sacrifice um, and a recognition of a difference, but my trying to live out of the freedom that I can have in realizing how I was created and and the hope and the beauty of what comes from saying yes to my own feminine heart and soul and body um, and demanding from man in a, in a respectful sense like that he also then respect that. Like that's important. And that's why the sex, I mean, now this show could go in many different directions, but the sexual revolution you know, John Paul II, he looked at an advisor one time because they were like, well, how do we how do we build this language with people? And he said, to do any of this, you must understand the soul of the woman. He said, you tell me all the strides we've made that they have won, quote, rights for abortion and contraception. Have they freed her or have they enslaved her? And in my opinion, as a woman, 
if the pill was this great promise of, you know, happiness and it was going to fix all the problems. I know a bunch of women my age, and I'm telling you, it didn't fix all the problems. It just, there's more, and they might be in a different form, but there's a bunch of them. So that wasn't the fix. And part of it is because what the pill does, I teach um, a system called Creighton Model. So I promise I have an idea of what I'm talking about. Creighton Model Fertility Care System. Yes. So I work with women to chart their cycles and couples and so that they can understand when they're fertile and they're infertile. And the reality is even on a sociological level, for a woman to chemically manipulate her body to where it shuts down her naturally cycling fertility and the rhythm of her body. And not that a woman, a woman's aware of this, but it is truly what's happening underneath is like a woman is then looking at a man and taking away the, the greatest gift she can almost offer him, which is that when she's not doing that, when her body's naturally cycling, a woman looks at a man and her body speaks to him. If you desire to have pleasure with me, you must therefore then be responsible for me. Love and responsibility, yeah. Yeah, and so what, it, it just strips it. It's stri- and I, it's not that I'm not saying that I get that there's reasons why this could seem like a really good idea, but I'm saying a deeper level and long-term, what it's resulted in is that women are not taking responsible for men and men are not taking responsibility for women. Like we're all worried about ourselves, but then we're losing something because if man can truly only find himself through a sincere gift of self, then that has to always be related to communion with another Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's why I brought you on because you're a woman and you're saying this um, has a particular authority, right? Especially in the world where um, men have lost authority because of the sins of men. Yeah. Um, We need to show that that complementarity and and that um, we should be together in this. We just saw (laughs) I just got distracted by a cockroach. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) you want me to kill it? Um, if you want to, it's okay. If you don't, I don't really care. Okay, I'm point. going to kill it. Okay. <laughs> did it fly? Oh, awesome. What the heck? Where did it go? Uh, the cockroach flew away. <laughs> we don't know where it is. It's on our heads. Every single one of us. Okay. So we have like two minutes. Um, so what I want to do, Sarah, thank you for that conversation. Um, wow. That went a place that I didn't think it was going. Yeah, me either. Good job. Just pray pray for the people that we might all have the grace to be responsible and generous. Hold the tension. Responsible and generous with the gifts of our hearts and our, our, our person. Awesome. Thanks for coming.